0: This is Puck Here, New Zealand's hockey podcast, with your hosts Logan Swinkles and Joe Jury. Hey guys, we're back. It's Puck Here Podcast, and uh, if you don't remember who I am, I'm I'm your host. Uh, Logan Swingles, my, and my beautiful co-host who's got his beard back is Joe Jury. Thank you. I felt naked without the beard, so I'm growing it back. Yeah, it was, it was definitely weird. Um, so, we took a break,
1: because why, Joe? The Lions came and took over the country, and you got a new job, and you were basically following the Lions around, and I was following the Lions around. Uh, it basically killed both of us, so we needed a break, and... We had a debrief, we had a camp, a mini camp before we got back into the podcast. Yeah, training camp. Yeah, and came up with a new kind of idea, which you'll uh, like to explain.
0: (laughs) I guess uh, being at goes Wild, I should be better with words. Um, Yeah, so we decided we're going to change directions a little bit here and not be like every other hockey podcast. We're going to do basketball. (laughs) yeah because there's not enough basketball coverage in this country um or maybe curling i don't know um no we we're changing direction because we felt like we were just being like every other hockey podcast out there that just dissects the week's hockey news and let's be honest being down here in new zealand it kind of gets filtered down here um whereas you know the podcast that you know you and i might follow in canada or the us probably a better for that so we thought you know what we have this unique opportunity here in new zealand we've got a lot of interesting hockey stories to tell mainly because uh when most people hear that there's hockey in new zealand they don't believe us no um so we thought we would yeah let's do that we'll tell the stories of uh our people and and the people that come here to play so to start off with we're, we're going big we got, uh, we've, we've got got Ian, Ian Wanamaker big, here the with big us. big stars. How's it going, Ian? Yeah, not too bad. That's uh, a very flattering intro there, guys. Cheers. <laughs> hey, you're welcome, mate. Uh, so, yeah, if you didn't know Ian Wanamaker, he's uh, played for the New Zealand Icebergs and spent the majority of his career playing with the Botany Swarm. And also a season playing for the Lecasse Stores from the BHL. Can't forget the BHL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, starting off, Ian, um, did you know that you have a Wikipedia
2: page? Oh, it's kind of been floating out there. Some of my—I'm uh, also a school teacher, and one of the kids kind of—they look you up a bit, and then they—they—they uh, they, they mentioned it, and they kind of said, "Hey, sir, you know you got a wiki page." I'm like, oh, no, I play it down," but didn't know I had a page. But uh, apparently, we do. So uh,
0: do. Not we, you.
2: you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: how old are the kids that you teach? Because that could be quite dangerous. Because they could be jumping onto that page and editing it to put some
2: quite interesting things and yeah, do you it. keep a, do you keep a check on it Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I yeah, don't really look at it to be honest um, the kids yeah, and no, I teach high school level so anywhere from you know first form up to seventh form right in that age to um,
1: do terrible things on the internet <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> probably any age these days yeah. uh, every kid's got a smartphone um, <laughs> us being old uh, so if uh, if you're listening and you are probably picking up on that accent there so you're originally from the great mississauga ontario that's right yeah the great, yeah, well, the great yeah. toronto uh so how old were you when you moved to new zealand and, uh, and i would have been
2: move? straight after i finished my undergrad degree so i would have been early 20s um and then moved down to dunedin in the deep south in fact that's why i play for the uh, south island team when we represent the skate of origin uh, so yeah, I, I first moved down there when I was early 20s, did my uh, teaching diploma down there and then moved up to uh, the big smoke of Auckland when I got a job and kind of been here ever since. Did you meet a, is it the classic, meet a
1: Kiwi girl here and then basically stay? Yeah, that has a bit to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> nice. Very nice. good. Um, now, so what about your like junior playing career in Canada? Like, Who did you play for and is there any kind of notable people
2: you played with growing up? Um, I was a bit of a suitcase, so, they, uh, so I, that means I, I traveled around a little bit. Uh, juniors, I got up to um, Tier 2 Junior A, Provincial Junior A in Ontario. Played with uh, Brampton Battalion a little bit, um, with the local Mississauga Charger team. Um, notable players, there's some guys that are uh, playing in the NHL currently that I've played with. Some guys that played in my high school hockey team, guy like uh, the janitor, Matt Stegen. Um other guys that are probably lesser known guys that uh one guy in particular a guy named adam Mayer, who i um, had a hockey school in in dundas ontario and uh, this was summer hockey and he was probably the heaviest wrist shot i've ever seen besides like a joe Sakic or a wendell clark but yeah I've, yeah a lot of a lot of players um very fortunate to play with a lot of good good talented guys but yeah um who would have thought here in New Zealand <laughs> playing now, hockey d- during my little bit of research
0: uh, I always find Elite Prospects is a great place to go to try and find out stuff on uh, you know people around the world that play hockey um, and then you know list all the teams you played for
2: and then well, there's one um,
0: the the HX Axmen.
2: oh yeah that was another junior team I played on I probably would have played listed as one game probably had a yeah, couple of minutes I think it had times. one
0: game on, on there <laughs> yeah, but yeah.
2: when you click through on the roster it had
0: brian elliot and goal ah, okay. so i don't know if you remember that but apparently you played with brian elliot who who is he with is he with calgary no that was he, ca- was, no, with he calgary. was with calgary
2: he, was with calgary. And he was... is now in
1: the goalie graveyard of philadelphia oh
2: <laughs> yeah well I, I did not uh recollect that but thanks for bringing that back i mean I had some good memories in ajax but um junior hockey is is uh either you the kind of the coach said to me on the bench this was after a week-long training camp he, uh, we had a gray team against the uh, against the white team and on the bench he's like all right go you guys are up next we go out there i uh, had a two-on-one as like a joe thornton doppelganger that i am i chose to pass <laughs> the other guy scored top shelf get to the bench gives him a pat on the back and then uh, nothing to me and i thought oh that's a bit strange he gives the other coach a little nod next shift i go to take the face off i'm a centerman and the other guy has my helmet off and a uh, couple of shots, and I, and I was out cold, woke up on the bench. Ooh. So, needless to say, uh, playing junior hockey was was challenging, but uh, waking up with smelling salts, not knowing where you are, ready to fight, and uh, <laughs> I was already KO'd. So, I had two fights in my uh, hockey career, and that one went well. That one, yeah. <laughs> went it good, so. was the other one with the swamp? Oh, actually, you know what? Uh, I have had, well, it was an attempted fight. It wasn't really a fight. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a fighter. Uh, against one of the uh, current coaches in the league. Uh, oh! Anatoly. He, um, I don't know, maybe he thought I said something to him in Russian about his mom or something. I had no idea what had happened. Can you speak Russian? No, I, no, I can't. Not at all. <laughs> so he uh, he kind of charged over at me, and I'm thinking, okay, he wants to fight. So I I dropped down like I'm going to drop my gloves, and I dropped the gloves, and as I dropped them, he came in with a stick and just cleaned me right out with a cross check, and then uh, that's how I got one of the scars on the face. <laughs> it's a... um that's a nice guy isn't he
1: <laughs> just comes straight at you
0: with a stick in the face yeah. Oh, you, i mean you see that all the time uh you know obviously you know hits to the head cross checks to the head there's something that they're trying to you know stamp out of the game but um it is unfortunately i think something that's always going to be there you know you can penalize it but in the i guess in the heat of the moment things like that will just happen I wouldn't really know it because I haven't hashtag played the game, but I'm, I'm, sh- you know, sure you guys, especially you, Joe, you get, you get dirty when you stick. Uh, I, people just take runs at me all
1: the time. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You're such a threat out there. That they uh, have to no, do. it's just more they, <laughs> so, yeah. they think they, I think they know that they can beat me up, so they just pick on me well. more than anything. Um, so you moved here like when you're 20. Um, obviously started playing hockey and stuff. What did it like mean to you to be selected by the Ice Blacks after you gained New Zealand citizenship to play for New Zealand?
2: Oh, that was that was huge. Uh, very privileged. It was a big honor. To any time you get to uh, represent your, I guess for me, my adopted new country. This is where I uh, is my new home, and uh, you know I got a a young girl and, and a growing family. So it was it was massive. I think any person who plays almost any sport, I would say, um, you really got to be super stoked to represent your country and and pull over the black jersey. It was special moment you always cherish i think and anybody that's had that opportunity and if you're currently playing in that role cherish it cuz it doesn't doesn't last forever sport you know it's it's amazing but you you kind of sometimes get a bit of a user by date as you see in new zealand guys that reach their peak they plateau a bit and then they stay on a bit possibly too long i think and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah move on to other things with its families jobs etc but representing new zealand's a big big honor and um yeah, very happy to have done so. So, what do what is some of like your favorite places that you got to travel uh, to with the team? Uh, I would say, well, we went as far as um, Iceland one year. The trip wasn't as memorable uh, hockey-wise. Was the <laughs> was it was the Iceland team as scary as they are on the uh, second Mighty Ducks movie? <laughs> I thought you might ask about that because some <laughs> of the guys that uh, took up playing mentioned that movie having a big influence uh, cut on them and their decisions to play hockey. So. I don't know. We played them in their fir- in our first game, and I remember uh, we had uh, Kane Easterbrook in net, and after the first period, uh, I thought we had a good chance because we were in, and it was relatively close at that point. It was like 2-1, 3-1, one, one. and we were taking a lot of shots, not generating a lot of offense, but um, we, we went down in that game, and that kind of set the tone for the rest of the tournament. We, we were on the, the lopsided side of a lot of... Uh, a lot of shelling, so it wasn't wasn't the best experience. But um, highlight was definitely the hot pools in the Icelandic um, <laughs> area, as awesome. I mentioned.
0: Awesome, awesome. I'm uh, I've actually been watching this uh, show uh, called Travel Man with uh, Richard Ioardi, and I think one of the recent ones. Yeah, they went to Iceland and they go see like. For me, it's funny because you know, being in New Zealand, we have. Uh, geysers and everything and thermal activity In like Rotorua and uh, Taupo Or as they call them over there Geysers uh, which, which thought got, that was like an English yeah, Angry uh, dude Exactly and, and <laughs> that threw me off I'm like why do they keep calling them geysers Like they're going to see these old dudes And then they're like it's just you know Obviously like thermal activity Going to get naked and go see some geysers yeah. Oh exactly. yeah. Yeah. yeah They're, they're really um, That's something that sounds really awesome And um, yeah you know it looks like an awesome country and if you ever seen that movie um walter mitty with ben stiller a lot of that is shot in iceland and just looks amazing um so i'm jealous that you got to go there to play
2: hockey like amazing that's yeah it was amazing the thing is half the stuff probably more than half the stuff there you can't pronounce there's just such long long names in fact um while we were in europe i believe it was finland uh the volcano erupted the the I don't know the Reykjavik one, the big long, oh long, yeah, 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 the crazy. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that New
1: Zealand um, media people were just having an absolute mare worth trying to pronounce every day on the news.
2: Yeah, yeah. so that 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 erupted, and we were stuck uh, in Helsinki, and um, it was it was pretty good because we got a little bit of a stipend for each day, so the insurance came through, and we got uh, to take the train in from our hotel into the city of Helsinki, and it was pretty awesome to spend an extra extra week there and um, see the sights, tour around, but definitely nice to whenever you come you go traveling as far as iceland finland austria was a highlight it's always nice to come back home to new zealand um yeah it is a bit like that like we kind of
0: you know new zealanders we go on the the big oe the big uh, overseas experience and you know we see the world and everything but then quite often we come back and we're we're hungry for pies and you know pineapple lumps and we just we miss all the comforts of home I don't know if that's like the same for like do you when you go back to Canada is it like that
2: for you oh definitely I think that the first stop for any kind of Canadian kid is um, Tim Hortons it's like a <laughs> coffee and donut shop uh, that, that's that serves kind of well my wife would say horrible dirt coffee but it's somehow addictive um, <laughs> yeah it's it besides like uh, playing hockey maybe drinking beer I guess as well and Tim Hortons is highly rated by Canadians I rate it I did the Tim Hortons it yeah. was good
1: It was uh what did i get i got some one of the tiny little timbits timbits yeah
0: yeah i I had a a lot of those that's one of my first stops because i'm going back to toronto in november uh that's definitely one of my first stops that and um eating my weight in poutine (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i always uh little hot tip for anyone that does go to canada and go to tim hortons is when you get an ice cap ask them to make it with chocolate milk
2: Oh yeah yeah game That's definitely changer. A favorite yeah
0: that is a game changer a winner right there. Um, so is there where else where else have you been with the ice blacks you you mentioned uh, Finland and um, Iceland but where else did you go uh,
2: the first trip I did was in Estonia which is a uh, Baltic country but uh, a bit unusual playing in, in Estonia it was really eye-opening to play there um, Iceland Estonia Australia in 2011 got a silver medal there Australia and we also played in turkey i believe you mentioned that uh, travel show i think they did a bit of a doco on, on traveling to turkey and uh, visiting all the sites in the blue mosque yeah yeah i think
0: yeah they did actually it's a really good show on juke uh, that you should check out if uh... richard ayadi is a very funny man see the guy from it tryin'? crowd yeah okay although he keeps bringing up uh, the the show has this really amazing tagline and it's like it starts off and he's like we're here but should we have come?
2: It's just, <laughs> it's just so clever. Is he the gadget man as well? Yes. Yeah, the oh, gadget. Right. He, yeah.
0: he brings that up
1: uh, every show. <laughs> right. So he's trying to push his other shows while well, being on the show. Yeah. It's a very good show clever though. Clever marketing. So you're the, uh, you're a Ice Black from 2010 to 2015. Do you think New Zealand's game, I guess, on the, the top level is getting stronger? Have you seen it grow and become more prominent in your time, I guess?
2: I think uh, it's it's kind of wavy uh, to answer that. In, in the time that I played, uh, I think I took a break in one of the years when uh, my daughter was born. But it's very wavy with with guys, and and I think a lot has to do with what guys are doing, commitment wise, whether that's their their job or their you know um, family commitments, university, and where the tournament is and the cost, because cost is such a huge kind of factor or barrier for guys to play and um, like iceland i I think the team wasn't as strong as it could be and when when the tournament was hosted here in new zealand just recently we we showed our strong team and i think that if we had that team consistently every year the results would be a lot better Mm. so uh new zealand can always get better that that's probably what i'd like to say is that there's always going to be improvements with with hockey here in New Zealand, but it's very wavy and a a lot. What I'd like to see, or I'd love to see actually, is more emphasis on the kids and growing a really strong kind of base foundation for kids to kind of get taught, maybe a group of 10, 12 kids, and then move them up and and really get them good coaching from a young age and and see them through like a bit of a pathway. I think uh, once other things that I mentioned before get in the way or impact on their decision to play hockey, it's pretty expensive and and a lot of commitment. Mm. So you, you really want to see kids follow it through. And if they have that dream of, you know, playing as an ice black or, you know, representing their country or, or whatever it is, give them that pathway.
0: Now, because hockey is, uh, unfortunately, uh, such a minority sport in this country, uh, for those that might be listening and um, don't actually really know what what is out there to, you know, for opportunities to play hockey, uh, is there much of a kind of development path for kids to go through at the moment
2: i think so um we've got again it falls on the shoulders of a lot of good volunteers and there's certainly a lot of volunteers involved in the in the hockey communities here but you just don't really know about it unless you talk to somebody who's played And i think that's the area i'd love to see targeted is the the person who's never played the game doesn't know much about it shows up to an ice rink has a good experience and then can bring that to somebody else and their friends and say, Hey, look, oh, I tried this. I did that. Got some great coaching. And then it hooks somebody else in. And that passion can get, can just keep going. And like, instead of the other way, if they have a bad experience, they fall or, you know, they hurt themselves. They don't know how to stand up on the ice or whatever it is. Then that just kills another possible five, 10 people coming to see the games, being a fan. And that that's the position I'm in right now. I'm a fan. I'm, I love watching hockey. I love, you know, although my wife hates it if I'm sitting beside her in the crowd because she has <laughs> me to move away. <laughs> Get a bit passionate. Quite vocal. And a bit critical. Yeah. So, that, yeah, it tends to take over. But, I, I, yeah, as I think, I think getting that, that group of kids to come through and, and really focusing on them, that that would be good. And and I think there's more potential right now with the women's team than the men's.
0: Yeah, the uh, the Ice spoons definitely do seem to be doing pretty well at the moment, Um i i know a lot of them you know work quite hard and sort of try and do what they can to fundraise and um you know get to to cover all the costs for all the travel because most of the tournaments aren't in new zealand we we were very lucky this year to have uh the double hf uh, division three champs here and um it doesn't happen very often no um I, it, w- it looks like it's starting to happen more you know there's one in Queenstown next year so that's going to be really awesome uh, and, and then there's
1: the Winter Games Test Series coming yeah. up and- uh,
0: so I would love to see international uh, ice hockey here more in New Zealand because I think that is ultimately what is going to help this sport um you know having the NZHL is great but just having the black jersey just uh just adds a lot more um power to it I think um speaking of the division three tournament though you were you were commentating two sorry i keep saying three div 2b
2: oh yeah.
0: right no sorry three was the under 20s yeah yeah sorry the I'm, getting, I'm getting them mixed up uh 2b you were the um you were the commentator for the ice Blacks games
2: yeah i think some people are getting sick and hearing my voice to be honest but uh <laughs> it, was, it was a bit fun to do that i think you did a pretty good job to be honest i think it was the color people you had on
1: a couple of the games that really yeah. helped you i think they made the difference really <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest <laughs> i mean no, yeah, i think they K- dragged casey you down was great <laughs> yeah casey was great there was a couple of other plugs that came on from yeah. time to time that really kind of couple slowed of things down that you had to kind of nurse through and get through but what was that experience like going from from being a player and being part of that team to then kind of having to take that step back and be more um, objectionable about what the play was going on, and kind of helping describe the play to to viewers.
2: Yeah, I, it was uh, it was really fun, but like you mentioned, very challenging because I have a, a a kind of an interest tied to that team, and and I want to see them do as best they can. And I think um, you try to be unbiased and, and kind of walk that line as much as you can, but it's it's kind of hard when. Um, your your passion and your emotion takes over but i don't know I, I i would like to think that i tried to be as you know uh down the middle as possible offering both you know a new zealand side of things compared to maybe a viewer who's watching you know the mexicans play against new zealand in new zealand like that's that's just saying that again is mm. pretty special to have those two countries playing off each other and there's a huge rivalry between those two countries um, that most people wouldn't even be aware of. Like we have a long standing history against Mexico and I remember playing them, we beat them five nil in Australia and then the next year um, the Mexicans won and I think the last couple of matches they beat us. So oh, it's
1: I remember you saying that the rivalry between New Zealand and Mexico is almost more um more deep rooted than the, the New Zealand versus Australia when it comes to hockey.
2: Yeah, oh that's true. It just I think as Logan was mentioning, if if you have more international competition more often, New Zealand hockey is going to get way better. If we keep playing against ourselves in our country, we're in, the, in a quite a far isolated place. And if we don't get that exposure or that competition, our level is going to stay kind of consistent. And you're seeing that with the level of where we're at. You know, we get up to two, Division 2A, and then that's about as high as we're getting at the moment. And we float between 2B, 2A, you know, sometimes even went down to 3. So it, it that's where New Zealand's at, and I think if uh, over the next five, ten years, if we could really develop that, we we would certainly show some more improvements. I think. Could it be the possibility? Could there be a possibility
1: of a New Zealand team being based in that Australian ice hockey league?
2: I'm not sure. I think that idea has been floated before. I, I really like how Australia's come back to play in this um, the Winter Games. Yeah, and that's that's good steps because uh again when i was playing with ice blacks we we did the trans tasman series and we went over to australia but it wasn't reciprocated they didn't come back over here and you know whatever the reasons were was funding money travel um it could be again improved and i think there's some relationships that need to be mended or you know so that we can get more australia versus new zealand rivalry it's in so many sports at the moment why can't we develop it with ice hockey.
1: And, that, and that's going to really sell it to the average Kiwi as well. Oh, seeing yeah. Seeing New Zealand against Australia and seeing the old foe and a couple of ice blacks beating the shit out of um, some Aussies would <laughs> be, be quite good to see.
2: Well, I think Kiwis really are attracted to that aggressive um, style of play. You know, like, since I've been living here, I think uh, very proud people but also humble and, you know, not wanting to – To but any time you can rub it in against the Aussies, then <laughs> take it. mm yeah, I
0: think uh, those winner games. Uh, I I really hope they go off, and I'm no I have no doubt that they'll sell out. Uh, that Queenstown rink is just gonna be manic, and I I really hope to be down there for that. Um, not sure what is happening in the way of TV coverage of it. I'm sort of working on things there at the moment for it. Um, trying to get down there um, either uh, as us as as Parkier or um, with Cargo's Wild or even just filming the games but at the moment it's it's kind of all up in the air what might actually happen but i think if we can get that series on tv in some shape or form um you know people can be like oh what new zealand playing australia in ice hockey like that's that's cool like it's a, it's just another thing to hate australia right? you know <laughs> um so i think that that could go quite well but um going back to the commentator thing uh, do you think that's that could be something you want to pursue further
2: I don't know. That's a it's an interesting question. I think um, like people have been re- really kind to me, saying uh, you know you did a pretty good job. Why don't you try it again and, and keep it up? So I think uh, yeah, it'd, it'd be great if the opportunity was there. I'd I'd love to commentate again and get those plugs back on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so going bit let's take a swing
1: into like the NZ NZIHL stuff. You played basically on well, the majority of your career with the Botany Swarm, and you played with the time where they won four championships and were really dominating. What do you think made that team as special what it was and made them win so much?
2: I think a lot of it came down to culture. Um, there was a good, good winning culture on the team, and it was very good uh, leadership, top down all the way through, um, strong coaching, and buy-in from all the Kiwi players. There was a lot of talented Kiwi guys that, um, they weren't just, you know, I don't want to use, use the word plug, but they were role players. They were, you know, guys that were, we had quite a young team and everybody just wanted to win and it was always competitive. I think the difference you see from then till now is is in the trainings and like the competitiveness to want to win every loose puck or any little battle and it, it's, that's something in the culture that gets developed all the way through before the season even starts, so um, as 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 much as winning a championship is fun, it's not easy. It takes a lot of hard work and, and commitment, dedication, and I think um, currently Swarm is kind of uh, understanding that they're kind of feeling their way through the season and, and recognizing that uh, championships aren't just handed handed out to you. You got to work hard for them and you get that culture back.
0: Yes, yeah, sp- uh, speaking of that, what do you because obviously in the last couple of years the Swarm uh they've kind of struggled a little bit um they sort of struggled to stay out of the penalty box and uh take <laughs> on uh and um you know actually get the wins you know i remember i think last year actually though they they looked like they were turning things around and then this year it's kind of i personally it's felt like a step back um what do you what do you think the, the swarm need to do to get back on top
2: i think there's a lot of things but uh to be, to be diplomatic about it, I think that it's it's really guys got to look at themselves and say, okay, why am I here? What am I doing? Do I want to win? What am I doing to help the team win? And am, am I putting the team first? So I'm a big team, team guy. I'd really like to see that team first mentality. And I, I also believe in performance. So when you're performing, you play. And it's, it's more shifting that attitude to wanting to win and perform and be the best you can while you're on the ice. And um, th- there's probably some things that, that could be addressed, whether it's, you know, the players play or coaching, coaching staff or management, anything. There's so much behind it that makes a team successful. And I think... Um, Having those banners, you mentioned the championships, they hang up on botany like a, it's a bit of a plague. And it's since 2011. So guys look at it and they see it and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, we've won. But it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think we, the team really needs to acknowledge, hit the reset button, kind of start from scratch and then look at what they're good at, what their strengths are, and then kind of play to that first but get back to basics. I think if the team really dialed it back and went to some simple things, whether it's a, a breakout or, or, you know, getting through the neutral zone, gaining entry into the offensive zone, like stuff that most hockey guys would, would perceive as easy or, you know, simple stuff. Because I think it's quite complicated at the moment. Swarm have made it harder on themselves to win. And it's pretty obvious. Like I'm in an assistant coaching role and, I, and even from just commentating or watching the games when I'm not traveling with the team, it's a bit painful and it's it's hard to watch because you want them to do well just like i want any team to do well but this one i'm linked to and um yeah i think they'll come around but it's going to take some time
0: you mentioned uh just there the assistant coach um so that's that's your involvement now with the swarm
2: Uh, so what is what would an assistant coach do uh in a typical week uh well besides the 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 two trainings per week um, we meet with as a coaching staff to kind of discuss the trainings and what uh, what direction the, the team's going to head into um, I, I kind of look after some of the forward lines uh, in combination with there's um, a fellow Canadian guy named Sean, Sean Cormier he's come in uh, a little bit late in the piece as we've had some coaching changes uh, the long-standing coach um, Andy Kaiser had, uh, he's, he's moved on now and, and he's kind of I guess in some ways pass the mantelpiece over to Jeff, Jeff Bohem, who's the, the head coach. And so Sean and I kind of call the, the forward lines and, and Jeff runs the, the defensive lines and he does the overall bench management, I guess, and runs the trainings. So yeah, that, that's kind of the setup at the moment. So an assistant coach, I just call the lines and do a bit of yelling. <laughs> nice. And, and looking very suave in those swarm jackets, yeah. you might add. What's it been like going from the...
1: the- transition from being a player being part of that that team and that squad to now being standing behind the bench as a coach
2: yeah it's an interesting one it's uh, i i i love the playing i, I still perceive myself as a player because in my mind i i know i can play but you're still when, the captain of the last uh <laughs> the PHL. <yes>. <laughs> something to hold on to <laughs> um yeah but coaching it, it's just a it's a different element it's a different look at the game and you really have to take a couple of steps back to Okay, what's what's this player doing? What are they thinking? How can I get the best out of them? Again, it, it's it's almost like you need a little bit more in a bloody degree in psychology to understand what's going on, because um, there, like I said, there are some challenges. But it's it's rewarding when you can get a team to do well and kind of buy in, doing doing what you're asking and executing. Yeah.
0: So, do you see uh, the NZHL? growing further or do you kind of see because i know there's there's talk obviously wellington are trying really hard to get a rink going and if that happens hey we could have a wellington team which i think would be awesome it would be nice to have another team in the north island but do you do you uh personally see the NZHL growing or do you kind of see and like maybe going to say like a semi-professional level or do you think it will kind of stay this amateur status
2: Oh, ideally I'd love to see it get into that semi-pro level but it's going to take some time I think um, it very much is amateur level um, I'd love to see a team in Wellington that would be awesome that would be so good for the league Like, there's a lot of players down there that uh, that, that play inline hockey and they're, are quite uh, dominant the Penguins team for inline has, has won numerous national titles yeah, if they could translate that over to the ice good friend of mine is on that
0: team yeah that's really cool and then uh, Cam Lee and there's uh, Luke Turner listener of the show and then um, yeah there's a lot of passionate guys down there that would love to see hockey grow so yeah that'd be cool but
2: yeah well like, like as I said before I'm a fan of the game of hockey and that includes all forms of it whether it's on the ice or in line or you know playing ball hockey in the street as long as like people are passionate about playing and I think passion can take you only so far and there's gonna be a need for money if this league's gonna grow And the people that run the league kind of, maybe they need to look at what direction they want to take. Do they want to concentrate on winning now and bringing in top imports for their club, for their region, so they can win right now this year? Or are we going to develop more Kiwi players to develop the Ice Blacks and look further ahead instead of staying at the same levels that we're at now so we can progress? Otherwise, yeah, I, I just think there's some amazing potential here in, in New Zealand like what would they be called in Wellington by the way would it be the Wellington Wind or like
0: <laughs> well you can't yeah. call them the Hurricanes what can you
2: call them the Quakers the Quakers because that
1: place is going to explode when a <laughs> big earthquake comes pretty soon it's only a matter of time it's probably not a good idea having think all of New Zealand's infrastructure in that one no, town no
0: I think the it, the favourite one seems to be the Wellington Capitals makes sense yeah if, if we're going <laughs> if we're going to find like if we just got to copy like from another team uh, Wellington Capital seems to be the one that people favour, but you can't obviously you can't call them the Wellington Penguins because <laughs> there's well one there's the Dunedin Penguins down in Dunedin that play ice hockey, um, and then they're just going to confuse with the Wellington Penguins that play inline hockey. Um, but yeah, who knows? Um, give it a few years, and I mean, because there is a lot of support for that rink uh, coming up. Mm. But I'm just wondering here: do we open that import can of worms? because it seems to be a debate that though, always floats on the NZHL Facebook especially uh, maybe this season when um, when the, the import line on the Admirals mm. is just destroying not that, not that we're complaining well I'm not complaining being an Admirals fan but um, do you think having uh, imports coming in sort of like the high level that they're coming in and now do you think that is hurting the development of the uh, national players like the New Zealand players or do you think it's helping them?
2: Uh, It's a yes and no answer, really, because they're bringing an amazing level of of play and experience and skill. Um, The way I see it, as long as they can give back to New Zealand, whether it's to the kids or to their teammates, instead of uh, maybe more of, I guess, in some ways, a selfish mentality, guys that come in here, because I I was one of them. Um, Let's be honest, foreigner coming in and playing hockey and then now Kiwi. But... I don't know, maybe some of the guys just want to to do as best they can in their off-season and then head back uh, and and do well back in their other leagues, which sometimes they regard a little bit higher. Mm. So I think the imports can offer a lot here to New Zealand and to the Kiwi players. However, the other side of it is that when they come in, they're also taking a Kiwi player's spot, if you want to look at it that way. So sometimes the Kiwi guys get dropped down and aren't as integrated, they're not getting that first two line experience all the time or the power play, maybe a bit of penalty kill. And that can really hurt a player's growth and development if it's not managed correctly. And I think if we continue down the track of every team or some teams anyway, that want to focus on, all right, bring in these amazing imports, put them on the same line, let's let's try and win as much as we can now so we get a championship. I'm all for winning championships, but I'm also for the growth of the game. And this country, I think we can grow the game. But, you know, it's hard because you
0: want to win. There is, there is some steps in place to, obviously, uh, there's only each team is allowed five imports and they have to manage manage their minutes as well. Um, so do you think that's enough? Or do you think uh, there should be more limits to help New Zealand players get more ice time? Or
2: I don't know. I don't know what the recipe is if there's like a... a, a time restriction or like managing minutes it's its getting it, we're getting into like the really finite details of, of of who plays and when and if you look at it from the, the goaltending point of view I think an import goalie is only allowed to, what two thirds of the playing time or well that's actually quite a lot and I don't know there's been some years where that's been pushed a little bit mm. and stretched so how is it being reined in and like what are the consequences if it's pushed too far but yeah i i don't know i i still want to see kiwi guys um growing and developing instead of being kind of stuck and like if you're a third fourth line and you're putting all that time and commitment in and you want to go somewhere you're you're being prevented from doing that when you always bring in imports and the you know unless they're working with you and training and teaching you things and upskilling you you're not going to get any better is that something that you
0: you would do or we're doing as an import like helping the younger Kiwi guys when you were uh, with this when you joined the swarm.
2: I think when I first started, it wasn't something that was that even occurred to me. It it was more, I guess, as you get older and even as a player, you, you realize okay, it's not just about you and your play. There's there's more than you on the team, and if you want the team to get better once you leave, how are you going to get those guys to come up and and bring them up? So, I guess in some ways, I am doing that because I'm coaching. But um, while I was playing. Um, maybe a little bit I mean the coaching staff they recognize uh, senior players I guess and they kind of put different demands on them whether it's leadership or or you know if it's little things in training like taking an off ice fitness or you know leading a session on how to break down a power play whatever that might be so I, I think yeah depending on how the each team organizes it that can they can lead to some success and results yeah would you say you
0: were instrumental in helping uh, Swarm Cat and Andy Hay become the great New Zealander that he is today?
2: Oh no, he's done that all on his own. He's <laughs> <laughs> he's a good leader. Uh, there's no question about it. He he's he kind of embodies the the Swarm and and really uh, not just the Swarm, but just a um, positive Kiwi person really. And he, he like works hard. You know, he's he says the right things at the right time, and guys look up to him for his leadership. Um, yeah. I hope he, he keeps it up. He's, he's certainly clocked up, up enough games in the NZIHL. IHL. He um, revealed something shocking when we interviewed him.
1: He's actually from West Auckland.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> they drew the lines there. <laughs> yeah,
1: so he, he switched over to the east side and has been part of the swarm for the whole time. Um, and you're talking about him playing so many games. You were actually part of the, the 100 club for the NZ IHL, playing over 104 games. What are kind of your favorite memories and moments from your, your career?
2: Well, um well I'd have to say well the championships would instantly come to mind. That's that's a, a huge thing Anytime you get a chance to win it was good. Uh, winning in Canterbury in overtime, that was uh, pretty special to to get a the game winner, but it wasn't just the game winner, it was before that when the team really pushed to to tie the game because we were down. And I remember you know getting the draw back to our D, I think it was Richie Idoin and then he shot scored or maybe Mitchell Oak and um, it's it's those type of guys that you wonder, okay, if they continued on, we would have had you know possibly more. But again, those things get in the way, like life and that. But memories in that have mostly been positive. Maybe not getting cross-checked to the face. <laughs> <laughs> and even when uh, Avondale didn't have its its new rink, like it was, I used to call it the chicken wire. If you you you'd try and ring the puck around the boards, and then if go too high, get stuck in the mesh. Yeah, people know, might not know it, but
1: the the avondale rink didn't used to have glass it had terrifying chicken wire that is just crazy to think of
0: so so, so just thinking thinking that um what you if you get checked into the boards your face could get like grated up against this chicken
2: wire yeah totally totally possible and it was <laughs> a very strange reality like I to be fair I, when i when i moved to to new zealand i didn't didn't even know there was hockey here it sounds like ECW wrestling <laughs> <laughs> oh it was it was unbelievable I mean y- you asked me about memories of the NZHL like that one of the championships when we played in, in for the finals down in Canterbury we were changing in a shipping container outside while it was snowing and um, that sounds like the crash here, China oh yeah. man it was yeah. know well, it's it just put a, put very put these bizarre guys outside in a shipping container yeah for you know not even like giving you a space in the actual rink say oh not you can go outside like that's good good hospitality <laughs> hey you're canadian you're tough you, you, you can handle the cold oh mate we we're
0: outside making snow angels so we made the most of it
2: <laughs>
0: exactly exactly
2: um what about uh because one year you were even finals mvp yeah that that's uh, against uh west auckland sorry guys So uh, it was uh yeah pretty pretty special i guess i remember getting that empty netter to seal it i think it was pretty close 3-1 game um Played through a bit of injury as well because i remember getting hit popped my shoulder to, in place there and then uh, kept playing and um but that's it hockey players are a bit silly that way they they ignore pain and have that adrenaline going and when well, your desire to win takes over but yeah it was uh, yeah, pretty special moments there
0: um now sort of going back to the the growth of the sport here um what else do you think the NZHL or just the federation could do to help grow um, the sport further in this country and because right now um, you know as you said it's it's a very niche sport um, I know like Joe and I we try we try our darndest and uh, our jobs to give it some coverage but it's it's only from time to time that it can happen really you can't in a rugby playing nation it's quite hard to shove hockey down people's throats very often but um, yeah what do you, what, do you, what do you think is some ways that could help that the Federation could help? Um, aside from, you know, developing the kids, you know, there's obviously there's more to it than that.
2: Yeah, I think um, one of the ways I would start targeting the fans, if possible. I mean, there's if you look around the league and they they track the attendance, um, and, and they're not getting a huge amount of people coming in through the gates. So, but I I would kind of target them and their friends and their families and the, and their kids as well. But start kind of identifying them and saying, okay, what's brought you here today? what do you actually know about hockey? And then begin with that. And then that's a platform you can start to fill in a little bit and say, okay, well, here's a little bit on the rules. Like, um, here's a person you might want to watch. Like, uh, I'll I'll give you an example. It really, really kind of took me back. Um, The management group asked me to go and talk to the VIPs before one of the games. I thought, okay, what what do you want me to do? And they said, okay, just go go in that VIP room and um, go and have a chat. So I get there. Paul Harrison, who's um, been involved with the Swarm this year, hockey guy, and his daughter Grace plays in um, university in, in the States. Very talented goalkeeper. Anyway. We're still desperately trying to get on this show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. We've been chasing her for almost a year now. This entire podcast is basically <laughs> trying to get- Grace. Chasing Grace. That's yeah. Where. Chasing <laughs> Grace that's what we call it. <laughs> well, maybe I'll talk to Paul and see if we can lean on him a bit. Yeah, so showed up over there in this room, and he kind of says, oh, okay, well, this is, you know, swarm assistant coach. He's going to tell you a little bit about the game, and I was totally shocked. I thought it was just more meet and greet, say hi, and these people had never seen hockey before, hmm. and I thought, this is amazing. These people really need to see how great this game is and how fast it is and exciting. You know, there's a bit of hitting and um, some scoring, and it just just watch the game, and if they don't know what they're watching, they don't understand, okay, why is there a stop here? Why are they jumping over the boards? Like explain these little things that they could explain it to someone else. And that might get somebody else at the, at the rink and has that flow on effect. Mm. So as much as I'd love to see the growth come through the, the children, it's, it's those parents that are going to be funding those kids and their development really. And um, if, if there's more sponsors because the Stampede, they've got that Sky City sponsorship. Mm. Awesome. I think uh, players can probably do a bit more as well, promoting the game, whether it's through the coaching side, giving back or, you know, getting involved in the community, do a little showcase, use the, the outdoor rink that comes into the city, um, dress up in their gear and say, okay, you know, this is what we wear, show show what you do. Oh
0: my God. Could you imagine that? So like in, in Auckland, like downtown Auckland and Altair Square every year, paradise put out um like a temporary rink and like it's not really like proper ice it's quite slushy but could you (laughs) imagine could you imagine like a little game of uh like hockey breaking out and little kind of one-on-one kind
2: of between the admirals and the swarm that'd be quite quite fun people would want to see that i mean Mm. i I was yeah i'd love to see that too but i was disappointed for a few reasons when when going to some of those uh pop-up rinks the ice was poor. The conditions are so bad. They pump so many people through there. Mm. The ice isn't very well maintained and they charge you for lessons. I, I saw it. There was somebody, uh, you know, paying 30 bucks for 30 minutes to learn how to skate. And I was, I was shocked because you can't skate on ice. That's been chewed up by three, 400 people yeah. and hasn't been maintained. It hasn't been groomed and fresh and it, you're asking someone to fail right away who's probably never experienced it before and pay for it and pay for it <laughs> <laughs> that just totally blew me away and i was like I-, I would do this more for free or at least on a proper proper sheet of ice you know and yeah if that's their yeah. first experience of of skating in ice and it's
0: dirt terrible ice, it's, they're not going to come back really are they no yeah no you're, you're right there um but that is God, can you imagine that i'm just trying i'm just trying to imagine right now like uh, like a winter classic kind of environment i just i feel like could you imagine i know it, this is just complete daydreaming here but if we had something like that at Eden park just what a oh, spectacle what that mean? would be awesome <laughs> that would just be amazing home of the old blacks and here's the ice blacks playing outdoors against australia like um if you're a really really rich person listening right now could you Which maybe we have cu- heaps of them there's so many yeah, rich people i know right to <laughs> oh, we 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 appeal to rich people um, so <laughs> could you maybe get in touch with us and <laughs> let's make this happen because how that would be that'd be amazing for the sport i reckon um but let's uh let, let's get a bit lighter here what's your fa- what's your favorite hockey movie
2: oh hockey movie um well i yeah bit of an old school guy i like slap shot that's uh that's a bit of my Is there favorite. anybody that doesn't pick that as their number one hockey movie? I don't know. It's hard to say. It depends on where you're from, I guess, and, right. and your your frame of reference. Because here, some people instantly go to that Mighty Ducks movie, and when you kind of learn about hockey, but yeah, child of the '80s, I, I yeah, influenced by that movie for sure.
0: I'm gonna drop a little bomb here. I've never actually seen Slapshot
2: just stop at slapshot one don't see the second <laughs> that'll be my I, I want, like it's
0: it's there on like uh, it's there on the itunes store and like i i want to watch it and like i know it's iconic but yeah I've, I've never seen it that's your um that's my homework that's your homework <laughs> today I can go and watch slapshot what about um non-hockey favorite movie
2: oh good question i don't know i've seen a lot of a lot of films i actually used to work at a movie theater to be honest um, licensed projectionist. So, the guy Ooh. that that run the movies so up at the top there. That was that was one of my jobs. uh I don't know. I think Slapshot still rates up there for me. <laughs> 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 I don't know if I put it my number one, but um, yeah, heaps of heaps of good movies. It's a good. That's a good
1: um thing. Like you know how Auckland do those outdoor movie things in the summer and stuff. Could one one way to get hockey into the the general public is play slapshot on one of those things it'd be quite an enjoyable thing for people to go and watch and maybe don't bring your kids yeah dude. yeah i, I was <laughs> gonna <laughs> say slapshot
0: a semi-violent movie oh yeah yeah and there's pretty um some good offensive language in it as well <laughs> <laughs> that's like um it's the same with goon like i absolutely love that movie but it completely glorifies the brutality of the sport which actually for a new zealander might not be so bad it might get like the teenagers and stuff into it and like you know so like uh the, like the 20 somethings but uh kids well actually kids might love it but i don't think the parents would <laughs> speaking you know you
2: you've got a kid would you would you let your daughter watch goon oh god i don't know <laughs> it's just so many hollywood you know made up movies that, that try to make ice hockey look uh, appealing to people but yeah i don't think so
0: there's also uh what was it mystery alaska oh the russell crowe one yeah mm. I, I remember seeing that um long long time ago um actually probably the only thing i remember from it is the uh, guy skating out onto the ice naked i think that's the only thing i remember <laughs> been, I just. Remember, why is that the only thing you remember i don't know you don't remember probably the because hockey russell crowe's <laughs> performance wasn't very memorable
1: you don't remember the hockey then it was like really kind of weird they for some reason had to play the New York Rangers in it for some reason it was really that's weird right. but you remember a naked dude so that's yeah. okay
0: I've also <laughs> <laughs> to to out myself on being such a massive hockey fan and not seeing several uh, iconic hockey movies I've never seen Miracle I have not seen that
1: either that's the, the Team USA one as yeah. well, isn't it yeah.
0: that's one that I I
2: definitely have to see as well have you seen that Yeah, yeah yeah I actually got it on a DVD that dates it back a bit but I thought you were going to say VHS. <laughs> VHS, no. <laughs> um, nice. now are you a, a a
1: gamer at all? A video gamer.
2: I I used to be, but my the gaming systems I grew up with were um kind of the old NES system, and then uh, I guess the Sega Master Drive. Big fan. Actually, my my brother-in-law sent me over a um the the Master System. Kind of you can plug it into your TV and yeah. play some of the old games. That's been fun. But recently, I um, I gave away my PS3 to uh, a couple of flatmates so they could enjoy that but whoa yeah not not big into it anymore but used to used to dabble i have
0: uh i have that little mini nintendo system that's got like yeah which you plug into your tv and it's got like super mario bros and everything that's pretty sweet one of the maybe 200 people in the world that have one <laughs> what was the game on the Super it was the was it
1: just called ice hockey
2: yeah yeah that one with the you basically got your 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 skinny guy, the big guy, and, and you're the guy who can shoot and yeah. move. That was that was an awesome game. I used to always play um well the Sega ones were the NHL and then the year. Yeah. I think the most uh, the one of the best ones was either ninety four or ninety five. Yeah, yeah. That was that was I'd play that all. Ninety four
0: is like the iconic one. Yeah. yeah. Where mm. you can make people bleed.
1: And <laughs> you knock them out.
0: I remember because I had a Game Boy and um I really wanted NHL ninety six. Because uh, the yeah, 95, 96 was, was around the time that I started to really get into hockey. Uh, but of course, really hard to find in New Zealand.
2: So, mm. Have you seen that movie called Swingers? Vince Vaughn. Um, mm. There's a scene in the movie yeah. where he tried, like literally they're playing... Sega Genesis or the NES one and they're trying to make Gretzky's head bleed that was their whole goal of, <laughs> and Vince Vaughn's you know. playing
0: as Jeremy Roenick and stuff and yeah, yeah. <laughs> no I, I haven't seen that movie another there's, one to add to the list eh? yeah there's a few well let, let's be honest there's a lot of Vince Vaughn movies that I kind of try to avoid but fair enough <laughs> that, that, that one sounds interesting I'm down for that um, now favorite NHL team favorite all-time
2: player and favorite current player Ooh, good questions uh, well I'm, I'm from Toronto I am a Leafs fan Toronto Maple Leaf fan it's uh, so sometimes hard complain to... that we talk about the Leafs too much so this is probably the point where you can switch <laughs> off yeah. <laughs> but yeah no I, I I've always bled blue um, for sure that, that'd be my uh, my uh, NHL team if I had to follow one in particular but I, I as you probably picked up I'm a fan of the game favorite all-time player uh, Wayne Gretzky hands down current player that's a bit tougher, Mitch
1: Marner. Well, I've got a Mitch Marner jersey. Yeah, you turned out one time with a Centennial Classic Mitch Marner. Yeah, so jersey. I've, I've, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick him as
2: my current favorite, but <laughs> it's a new game right now. You know, like there's so many good young, talented players playing, and I'm really excited to see this Vegas team take off. Actually, that's going to be going to be really good. They're really targeting, I think, the younger fans as well mm. well the just uniforms even- are just really kind of not your traditional hockey
1: uniforms really, aren't they yeah no
0: and they they brought out was it designer the rapper like to yeah. sort of showcase it yeah i think um you've definitely seen that a lot and maybe it's steps that uh you know we can learn from here in new zealand is that you know the nhl and even say ea sports with the marketing of the next video game is they're pushing the young talent they're like this is it's all about the new breed and um you know i guess having that kind of excitement levels it must be attracting different fans new fans like uh my my girlfriend sarah has been kind of like a devil's fan um for the majority of her life and it was primarily from playing um you know in NHL and PlayStation she always picked the Devils she liked Scotty Stevens and Marty Brodeur and of course now um she's kind of converted to a Leafs fan loves Mitch Marner and I think because those kind of guys like Mitch Marner um and not so much Austin Matthews or like Connor McDavid but some of those younger guys really like to project their personality out there on social media or in like in the media itself and um I just wonder if maybe that's something that we should look at this sort of help because we've got a we've got some pretty young exciting players unfortunately some of them we haven't really seen so much this season like ollie curtis um he got a concussion i think in the preseason that you know that ruled him out you know concussions are pretty serious business um but you know we've got a lot of good players danny lee down south very entertaining player
2: um so yeah
0: i just wonder if we can
2: Tap into that a little bit. Well, it seems to be working for them. I mean, you look at the the Vegas Twitter account, and you mentioned Oli Curtis. He he's a very talented kid. He went to the double uh, Youth Olympics with um, some of the coaches from from here in New Zealand, and represented New Zealand in that capacity. To, and he did quite well from from all accounts I don't know exactly it was he like did.
0: a skill it wasn't playing it was like a skills comp right that's
2: right yeah so I mean they select all these different people from various hockey country hockey playing countries and um, he he represented the the country of New Zealand very well and I thought there's something you can spotlight put the put the spotlight on something like that showcase it highlight it and give it some recognition that it probably deserves or should deserve and you you'd, you'd hear about more of the up-and-coming because I think the NHL is doing that now. They've had the, you know, like the likes of the Crosbys and the Vegkins that have been their poster childs for years, and now they've got a new young crop of of young guys that are coming in and lighting the league up. Mm. And they're really gonna they're gonna be the ones carrying the torch. So what about here in New Zealand? Why not try the same thing? Those that's the few, I think. Well, for Swarm in particular, they could probably take a page out of that book. Yeah just saying
1: hey, I, i'm glad you said that not, not me <laughs> uh, being a leafs fan you must be pretty happy with the current kind of situation that's going on it's all the an austin we
2: trust kind of oh well it it's always hard to be a leafs fan but uh, it's promising for the future it? and no matter yeah any toronto fan you talk to if it's not this year it's next year and that's the way they're they're focusing i think they've got the good setup with the you know the Brains Trust with Shanahan and Lou Lamarello and they've got the people in the, and they're starting to put things in place that are making good hockey decisions and, and it's exciting you know it's I'd love to see a championship in Toronto but again they don't just hand them out for free and they've got 31 teams now so <laughs> yeah yeah because for years and years it was just trade your first round pick to
1: get Brian Leach or like Ron Francis like well past their prime and Owen Nolan and everything and they finally just decided to build it from the ground up which and in toronto everyone was always just saying no one will embrace a rebuild but it only took one year and now look at them now they're set for the next 10 years probably
2: yeah well i think it's time they woke up and they had that learning experience and thought okay well obviously what we've been doing hasn't worked since 1967. (laughs) (laughs) when there were only six teams (laughs) yeah and their winning percentage is a lot higher so yeah I you know but that's it. I, I, I'd, like I said, I'd love to see them win, but the game is the game has changed. I mean, even in that era with the original six, and and how there was so many Canadian players. The 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 percentage of Canadian players has dropped quite a lot. Actually, I think it's in the low 40s now. And players from all over the world are starting to. Mm. Again, the NHL is doing a great job highlighting the younger guys coming from other countries that are playing hockey. And mm. you know, the likes of the. Um, there's a guy in, in New York Islanders who's coming up. I can't remember his name, but... What? Yeah. He's very talented. He's come through. And then Nathan Walker, a guy I played against for Australia. Oh, right. Yeah. Going so through the, capitals. the Washington Capital system. And, and you can see the talents coming through, but they're from different unexpected hockey markets.
0: I do like that because um, I guess Scott Darling's kind of latched on a little bit to the uh, to the stampede there. And, and like this season, uh, if you look on the back of their jerseys, it's actually a little like... 30 with a beard so he's cool yeah he i think he donated a bunch of um equipment like sticks and stuff to the team so um I, i think that's cool even you know when guys come down here um in the like the nhl off season and obviously they probably would go to queenstown fall in love with it it's basically like a mini canadian town that somehow got plopped down into new zealand um it would be cool to see like those guys would come down here and they sort of see what the NZHL is doing. And um, let's be honest, they've they've got a bit of the money to sort of maybe help. Grow just game come better. down and just
1: mm. invest a whole bunch of money into into the league. So Connor, if you're listening,
0: <laughs> with your twelve and a half million dollars that you've got now per uh, year, could you maybe? <laughs> Buy one of the teams by the league or something you know invest invest in this game <clears> that's given you everything <laughs> um, I, I know Austin would do it so maybe Connor you should match maybe even like Scott Niedermeyer he came down here
1: years and years ago he could um, take a break from his coaching time of the ducks so I think he's got a crap load of money let's come down and spend it on the on the Red Devils
2: I think that's, that's part of the issue eh? oh man like so many people that come down <laughs> they love New Zealand but then it's bit, then they're off again yeah it's just, it's just like almost a quick quick stopover we like this little holiday
1: fling that people have yeah in terms of the imports and everything like how you were an example of you came down you stayed how often do those guys come down and then decide to come back either come back again or stay
2: to keep playing for the same team yeah, I that's that's a tough call I think um, it's it's individual circumstances but I mean I, I came down I, I really had no expectations um, in terms of whether I was gonna stay or gonna go back it was just kind of one one step at a time and I don't know if, if these guys that come down here have have plans like in advance with what they're gonna gonna do while they're here or what they're gonna expect I mean some of the, the current imports um, like one of the guys on the Swarm, he, he needs a job. Like he, he's got to fund the next six, seven weeks after the season finishes because he's still going to be in New Zealand. He wants to look around, but he also needs money. Mm. But he's still going to go back. So I don't, I don't know. It, it's uh, something that probably needs a bit more attention if we're going to, as we are, bringing more imports every year into New Zealand to play. How are you going to take advantage of what they're doing? What's in, in place for them to... To live, to work, to get to the rink, to give back, and do they just pack up and leave, or are they coming back? And they love what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, I I really love being involved in hockey. We get to do stuff like this and talk about hockey and critique it, watch it, play it. You know, it, it's it's exciting for me. But I don't know. I don't know how the the import situation is going to be looked at mm-hmm. in the future.
0: So don't no. mind me. I'm just doing a little Facebook Live video. I'm just yeah, to it on cool. here. Um, <laughs>
2: I'd never like the video. <laughs> <me. laughs> Sticks
0: to radio. So, yeah, that's why we do podcasts because we've got faces for radio. Hmm. Um, what, do, what do the teams do? What do the NZHL teams do to try and attract imports?
2: That's a good question. Um, I'm, I'm starting to learn that a bit more, but I'd really love to know what they do to get them, to be honest. Like, how do they market who they're, who do they, because, you know, teams will probably try to target who they need. Do they need a puck-moving defenseman? Do they need a, a goalie? Do they need a you know a high-scoring winger? Like, how do we attract that? How do you market that? Or do they come to you? I think a lot of imports think that coming here that they get paid or um, you know, everything's for free. Mm. I think that's changing a little bit, but I, th- that, I think that's why that most teams would need a marketing person or somebody that looks after that sort of thing yep. and being amateur if it's not looked after I don't know how is it maintained hmm.
1: yeah is there kind of a an alumni situation of ex players that are overseas over there kind of working and telling them New Zealand's a pretty good place to play or ex swarm players back in Canada and in, in Europe or anything like that
2: uh, not, not that I know I think the word of mouth travels quite quite well and and the websites are are evolving but other than that with depth to it I don't think there's a huge amount of depth to how you how we look after it
0: Hmm. the one thing that um, I think was a bit worrying was when Justin Daigle got that injury and of course you know it was all over Facebook partly our doing but hey Um, and there was a couple of comments there from Tom Tracy uh, Admiral's import who said that uh, NCIHL was the most dangerous league he's ever played in
2: yeah it's a pretty rough league and i think yeah uh, we we tried at some points to form a uh like a, a players union with just different representatives from each club being identified as you know looking after your club and your your team's kind of player safety but it's it hasn't really got off the ground too much and i think the more quality imports that we bring in the standard of play gets lifted each year and the officiating, as much as, um, you know, I've been an official myself, I, I guess I currently still am, but if the officiating isn't matching that level of play, it's gonna, somebody's going to get hurt, and I really fear that somebody will get hurt badly, and then that's going to put off the imports from mm. coming here. And then and the average spectator as well. That's right, yeah. and that's going to really hurt the league, and if we want to avoid that, referees need to upskill. I think one of my suggestions was to get the refs in the same room as the coaches and discuss some things, and not not kind of say, okay, you did this wrong, you you know, you stuffed up. More like, okay, here's a situation. What would you call?
0: Mm.
2: Okay, ask the coach. What's your interpretation of this? Okay, they have their their say, and then they say, okay, here, this is the rule. You can't dis- you can't dispute what the rule is. Then that's learning. Mm. And I think in ten years or however long we've had this league, thirteen years, they haven't really got to that stage. You know, like there's video of every game why isn't there some kind of steps in place that they can review the game and say okay well okay yeah we stuffed up on that well like there's no um brandon shanahan coming and saying okay making his videos here's a a decision (laughs)
0: here's (laughs) a coming yeah you know like
2: we don't have that we're not at that level so i i would really love to see the refs uh improve but it's not just them. Mm. It's a combination of everything around it that supports the refs. Because if we don't have the refs, we don't have a game. And those guys need some help. They really do. They need some attention. Yeah, I, I agree. I think education is is key. Not just um, with
0: the refs. Uh, everyone. I mean, you mentioned you know, like people, like new fans coming in. They might not know, but there might be uh some very vocal fans in the crowd that are yelling abuse at at the refs and um i mean if i was a new fan personally i think that might turn me off and exactly you know (laughs) the i i do feel a little bit this season that the refs have kind of been unfairly targeted yes you know they've made mistakes refs in every sport every league will make mistakes they're only human but i i do think that yeah i think with education and i think that's a great idea um if you if they can kind of like make this little like committee um be a bit more proactive than mm. reactive is kind of. yeah yeah
2: because the refs get defensive you know they, they're trying their best to do their their job you know they're getting paid to be out there and and guys like myself now that are on the bench yelling at them and you know because you, you you're passionate about the game and then the fans that are behind you they see you yelling at a ref and that all this negative behavior that's creeping into well our society really and <laughs> it's it's it probably needs uh needs a tidy up
0: i agree unlike joe's beard <laughs> never tidy that up no yeah. keep that going never shave it just let it glisten in the in the sun with its gingerness we are getting a bit of sun in this room it's quite nice mm. uh, i'm enjoying it and there's a there's a little keyboard here it just kind of reminds f- reminds me of my old days playing synths in a band and head headbanging
1: it's for the musical interlude that we're going to do after the podcast <laughs>
0: it'll be like uh jimmy fallon when we get um get abandoned and we'll 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 find like some like number one single and we'll make our own little version of it featuring ian want (laughs) to make a huge hit oh no i'll be hitting the triangle or
1: something (laughs) (laughs) no awesome um thank you so much for uh for coming in ian um it's been a pleasure talking to you um shooting the shit and talking about hockey it's what me and logan both love to do and i know you you do as well um and yeah it's been a it's been a good time
2: yeah cheers lads i hope the podcast uh keeps it up and you get some more new viewers especially those ones with deep pockets <laughs> that's <laughs> ideal but yeah it's it's, uh, it's a great thing you do and uh, i know a lot of people that love listening to the to the show and i'm a fan as well so awesome stuff
0: thanks well hopefully hopefully more people will like um year
2: 2.0 so
0: we'll see so if you if if you like this episode you know share it around um subscribe to us on uh, itunes soundcloud hit us up on facebook we've got quite a nice little growing community of hockey fans there on our facebook just find us there podcast and you know send us a message have a chat we're always up for a bit of banter um and yeah we'll be back next week with another awesome guest
2: Puck Here, it's New Zealand's hockey podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or with your favorite podcatcher. Follow the guys on Twitter,
0: Instagram, and Facebook at Puck Here Podcast.